Welcome to the Minor League Moto Podcast. Introducing your host, Loretta Lynn's champion, Carter Bees. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode. Man, I'm excited for this one. I got somebody that I've known for a bit and someone that I'm relatively relatively new to, but I think it's going to make for a great show. And this first interview off the bat is uh, is personally one of my favorite ones I've done so far. I didn't do a very good job at creating his his introduction, but this first one's going to be with Mark Finnis. Mark is 16. He's soon turning 17. He races for KTM Orange Brigade. Uh, the kids won numerous motos at Loretta Lynn's. And he's making that next step up. He's in B class, and uh, you're going to be seeing him on the gates here soon. So, hey, Mark, how's it going? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Just uh, just came back from a chiropractor, feeling loose, feeling feeling good. Feeling good. Um, and then I have your dad along, Ken, as well. Probably one of the most knowledgeable per- knowledgeable person people I know in this sport. Um, Ken, you've helped me a lot. How's it going? It's going pretty good, man glad to see you're back on a bike as well that's uh that's really awesome yeah it's been a it's been a big step and it's been a feel like i'm learning how to ride a dirt bike all over again but um this isn't about me this is about you guys so i obviously know a little bit about you guys because i met you back in like 2016 so mark you kind of started in the sport a little bit later uh what did you do beforehand and what got you into the sport well before motocross, I did go-karts for five years, started at four years old, but I had to lie to the, uh, to like the, the go-kart people because you had to be five years old, but I was four. So, but yeah, I did that for five years, was really good at it, won some championships and got into motocross at nine years old in 2014 because my dad was like, all right, go-karts is boring now. You're beating everybody. You want to go try dirt bikes? I'm like, okay, let's do it. So do local races here and there, just doing it for fun. But we started getting serious about it in 2016. And I won my first championship the next year in 2017 at Minio's on my 65. And yeah, it was that that's when stuff started to get serious. About 2017. And, and I will say I met you guys back in 2016 at Club MX and the step that you took from 2016 to 2017 was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, my brother is a year older than you, but you guys were doing motos together, and I'm pretty positive at the time that he lapped you. Yeah. And if we fast forward a year, and like I thought, man, this kid doesn't even want to be here. And then we fast forward a year, and yeah, you're winning championships. You're at the top of the class. Um, just not something that you see every day. Uh, you got you. You said you started a lot later. Uh, did you find it harder to switch over because you started later, or not really? No. Well, I like going fast. <laughs> so anything I can go fast on or fast in, it, I'm I'm gonna excel at it because that's just what and, I do. And you obviously have a strong work ethic. I'm assuming that, that translated from the go kart to the dirt bike. Uh, yes. Yeah, so if I want to do something, like there's nothing, nothing's gonna stop me from doing that. Yeah, I always tell people that if you're gonna do this sport, you have to do it at 100. Yes. percent Otherwise, it's too dangerous to be doing it. Hmm. So, 
like I said, I met you guys back at Club MX. Uh, man, that would have been six years ago. You've kind of jumped around to a few different facilities throughout the years. Um, kind of take us through why why you jumped around and what made you settle down in California? Well, all right, if we're going to start at the beginning, my first trainer was uh, Dean Dias at Orlando MX. No, 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 no. I take that back. It was Club MX 2016. My bad. Club MX did that for a little bit, but I, I was too immature and wasn't ready for that series of a like a place. And so 2017, we went to Florida, Orlando MX uh, with Dean Dias. Did that for about a, about a year. Then tried Moto X. Just wasn't working. Uh, dang, where, where do we go next? I think we went back to club, maybe. I, I think we went back to club for a little bit. And then uh, w. WW Ranch uh, with uh, Brad Jerminski. He was, re- he was really good. Was there for about a year until 2020, 2021, something like that. And when I got on uh, 125s full time, came to California and it was, it was just nice. And it was, it was good because we bought a house here. And it was it was nice going and training and then coming back to your, a house. your place and not hearing dirt bikes. Yeah, and um, you got a few different tracks you can ride too, correct? Yes, we have like a schedule we go through. Uh, Monday Monday State Fair, Tuesday's Paula, Wednesday we usually take off. Thursday is uh, Glen Helen, Friday is uh, Paula again. And you already are kind of alluding to it, but what does a typical training week look like for you? Uh, on bike, off bike? On bike, off bike? Uh, I ride ride four days a week. Just We either take off Wednesday or Thursday. Kind of switch it up a bit, but yeah. Off, off the bike. Uh, well, for, for a while, I was doing like strength training, but then I quickly figured out that... Uh, Arm pump was a big deal. Yeah, dude, you are ripped. I remember seeing you even last year. You are ripped. Yeah, and I've tried to stay away from the heavy weights. Well, at least with the upper body, I try to do a lot of strength training with lower body because that doesn't really get pumped up. And uh, lots of cardio, like running, cycling, lots of balance stuff. Is yeah, ba- balance is very, very good. I've been working really hard on balance because my balance is not very good. And stretching, <laughs> stretching, I can almost do the splits. Yeah, I think I think those last two things that you alluded to are often overlooked. Like I feel like most of us don't even think about it. Yes, yeah, cardio and stretching, balance. All right, let's uh, let's kind of transition over. Uh, can I believe you own a KTM dealership. Am I correct? Yeah. Well, actually, it's um, Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, Suzuki, KTM, and Polaris. And you guys have been riding KTM since I can remember. And recently, Mark, you've become a member of the Orange Brigade. Um, How did this come about? Were there other teams that were interested to you? And Ken, did it make you feel more confident just being on a bike that you knew? Yeah, well, I mean, it was kind of a a slow process because you know most of these teams you know they're going to watch for a little while and and make sure that not only can you put in the work get the results but you know it's how you act off of the track 
and away um, as well. So I think there was a lot as far as on their side with that. Um, but we really were pretty focused on staying on the KTMs. Um, you know, we've talked to different teams over the years, but, you know, we kind of started on the KTM and, and feel pretty comfortable with it. I mean, I think at this point, you know, we'll see what the future brings. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to to continue on with that, but um, you know how things can change uh, in the yep. silly season, as they call it. <laughs> yeah, and like I said earlier, you're probably one of the greatest mechanical minds that I know. Uh, did, it, did it help just being able to know that bike and diagnose it with a snap of a finger? Yeah, well, it didn't always with a snap of a finger, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, it, uh, it definitely helps being familiar with, uh, with a particular bike. And, uh, you know, we'd been on that for since, uh, 14. So, you know, there's a lot of similarities, even though you might go from a 50 to a 65, but, you know, a lot of the same, same technology and the way that they do things, uh, exists from bike to bike. So that's been really nice. And Mark, since your dad is so mechanically inclined, he owns a dealership. He's around dirt bikes a lot. Um, has his knowledge been able to help you understand how the motorcycle works and when things might be wrong? Well, with suspension, like he doesn't really let me touch the dirt bikes really, <laughs> except like adjusting like the clutch and brake and like minor stuff. But yeah, like he's taught me about like suspension. Well, suspension is very, very important, but just basically that, like I go out there, I ride, he, I, he asked me what's wrong. Like, is there anything I need to change? And I can tell him what needs to be changed. Yeah. And I think that's so important because a, a lot of us growing up don't always have that, that ability within us to give feedback. And like I said, I've watched you guys for years now and you guys yeah. always have a great relationship between the two of you that you're able to communicate and, and give feedback. So, yeah. um, all right. Next part of this this podcast, this interview, whatever you want to call it, um, Mark. Unfortunately, injuries is a big is a big part of our sport. It's not a matter of if. Unfortunately, it's a matter of when. Um, just like myself, I know you've you've dealt with some setbacks before. Is there anything that you found difficult to overcome? I know you talked about arm pump, and it's not really an injury, but at the same time, it might as well be one. Um, is there any advice you can also give to people? Um, overcoming an injury? Overcoming an injury. Well, the most difficult injury that I had was, I think I, if I remember this correctly, I ruptured my spleen, uh, or was it like lacerated? It was ruptured. Ruptured my spleen, uh, like bruised my lungs, like contusions on my lungs, uh, broke my first, my first two ribs. Uh, what else? I think I tore my shoulder and a uh, concussion, bad concussion. And like I had pneumonia, fever, all like it was, it was, it was bad, but not fun. Like, what advice could I give? Just, just I don't, I wouldn't like, I have a habit of shutting myself out. Like from friends and family. Don't do yep. that. Keep, keep the ones you love close and like keep them like being able to support you and stuff yeah they're they're, they're all is, they're all here to help us yeah just have people around you that can support you during 
your hard times. But that's that's probably the best advice I could give. Yeah, racing a dirt bike, obviously, it's an individual sport for all of us. But at the same time, it takes a team to to get us to the top level and get us out front. And uh, this past year at Loretta's, you spent a lot of time at the front of the pack. Um, man, probably my most vivid memory from this past year is uh, you unfortunately got tangled up with somebody off the start. And man, I think you were dead last and you came all the way up, I think to about third or fourth at the time. And unfortunately you got taken out in the last turn. Uh, just, just run us down. What was going through your head? And um, man, that was insane. Well, on the, on the start, we're not going to be naming people. So I was uh, lined up next to a, a special person and came by eight feet out the gate. He came over on me, took out my front tire, and uh, I was dead last, but not just dead last. I was like 10, 12 seconds no, you, you back were, behind the pack. You were far behind. And first lap, I passed 20 people. And You are correct. I, I, before this podcast, I looked it up, and at the end of lap one, you were 22nd. 22nd? So that's 20 it, people, right? That is 20 yeah, people. 20 people. And uh, the AMA had come up to my camper after that race and said it was, said that they thought 100% sure that I had cut the track, cheated. But no, they reviewed the footage, did it legit. They said they'd never seen anything like it. But back to the, the race. Um, yeah, passed 20 people in one lap. And just I just kept clicking them off, clicking them off. And I was running the same lap times as like the, the leader. Coming so through pra- was, traffic. Yeah, I was, I was, I was moving, and uh, come down to the last lap, I was uh, behind second place, and I was going for the pass. It, it was last lap, last corner, everything. I went, I went too far wide. He went up the inside, and yeah, lines, lines came together. I got hit. I broke the fence with my head. And <laughs> it was, it was a good crash. Yeah, I got a concussion from that. I thought I broke my uh my left humerus, but it was it was just it was just I it just hit hard. But yeah, just I think I got 15th that moto cuz I was yep. my yep. bike was in the fence. No, I was. Hopefully I can find a picture of the footage, but um I don't think I got a chance to talk to you after that, but that was probably one of the one of the best rides I've ever seen. I, I was actually just talking to my roommate before I did this, and I said there's a handful of kids I can watch in this amateur scene right now that have that eye of the tiger, and you 100% are one of them, uh, given that ride. Um, and then in that other class, uh, so that was 125 BC, correct? I, I believe so. In Schoolboy 1, you went 19-1-1. Man, uh, obviously something happened in that first moto but uh you were looking good all week what what went down that first moto i think i was like top five on the start started making my way through i think i was in second but i got i got too excited and i just locked up arm pump was so bad i could not hold on i think it was like first lap arm pump it, it was it was terrible so i just was trying the best I could to hold onto the bike and people just kept flying by and it was just not a, not a very fun moto, but yeah, arm yeah, I mean, that one. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all a part of this experience and all part of racing. I mean, I've been there, done that. I think I pulled the whole shot in 2020 and I think I went from first to 13th place in that moto. 
just because I got arm pump, I got excited and, and things start coming at you way too fast. Yes. But um, obviously you rebounded. Um, this year you came into Freestone. Freestone, you got the championship in 450B. You didn't finish off the podium besides one moto you DNF'd. Um, just run us through Spring Nationals. All right, Freestone. We, sh- we show up to Freestone. It's freezing. Like It, it's, it was it's cold. cold. I did it see that. Really that cold. did not look fun. So I wasn't really expecting me to be in like the like the top three or battling for the lead because I knew there was going to be at least six guys that were going to be like battling for the the championship. But I was I was up there. I was like, dang, I'm going. <laughs> but, yeah, and uh, the DNF was from. So it was so cold. They they tilled the track, watered it. The track froze. And, yeah, that's tough. Uh, so I come into a corner. I'm going to the outside. I'm like wide open. I just hit a frozen dirt clod and I go flying. Oh and man! That and I, my bars were twisted. I I messed up my shoulder a little bit. So I'm like, all right, I can't make anything from this. I was already dead last i was like all right i'm gonna come back i'm gonna come back next moto and do it yeah i mean obviously obviously yeah you had the one bad moto but like i said fantastic week otherwise you're on the podium every single time uh didn't do daytona totally understandable but um you went into spring a ding uh what happened there obviously um something yeah spring a ding first moto hit the gate was I think I was, I wasn't quite last, but I was making my way up. I was 12th or 15th on the first lap, fell again, and I come back. What did I finish? Like sixth, fifth, sixth, yeah. And all right, uh, next moto. These these are first motos. So next moto, come off the gate. I'm like third. I'm going for second. I think it's like fourth or fifth corner. I cross rut. And I just my shoulder digs into the ground, and I I couldn't finish. It, that was it. And my, my shoulder had popped out and came back in on its own. So yeah, that's tough. You got to be careful with that. Yeah, luckily no no tears, no nothing. So it's just been just, I've just been recovering from that, but it's been going good. Yeah, um, I was told a long time ago I didn't listen to it because yeah, we're young and dumb. But um, it's always you have. It's best to be out there and racing at 100%. If you're not at 100%, you shouldn't be out there. So smart move, pulling out, coming back out. But um, what are the plans for the rest of 2022 for Mark Finnis? 2022, uh, uh, California, California Classic at a at a at Paula this weekend. So is, that, that's a national, right? Yeah. So that future national- event. Yep. Yeah, after that, uh, Mammoth, and then Loretta's. Are you going to move up to A-class following Loretta's? Yes, I'm actually going to be kicked out because if you, like, top top three or top five and... You top five in national at a certain age, you then are bumped, and obviously you won Freestone, so yeah, you're out now. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking forward to the step up to the A-class? Yes. Actually, I don't want to be like those people that sandbag in sandbag in B class. I just want to just go. Get- yeah, and I think you're more than ready for it. 
Yeah. I'm ready to so, be, uh, be pro already. Yeah. Oh, I think all of us wanted to be right away, but no sense of rushing the process. Yeah. But uh, obviously that next step is the pro ranks. Um, we're finishing this thing out here, but where do you see yourself in five years? Well, hopefully on a, a factory team and hopefully I'll be making enough money from that team to travel the world with uh, with my boys, go to Japan, Russia, all that. Just just hang out with my boys. And see if you can do it while riding your dirt bike, too. Can't get better than that, huh? Oh, yeah. I'm, it, it'll be tough, but that's, that's, the, that's the goal. Ride dirt bikes and travel the world. This is a question for both of you. Uh, we can start off with Mark. What is some advice you'd give to an upcoming rider coming up in this sport? Ooh, focus on yourself. Oh, yeah, just yeah. Fo- focus on yourself. Man, I can't. Remember. I can't. That's like that's like the main thing. Just don't worry about what other people think. Like, if people aren't hating you, you're doing something wrong. Oh, I agree. And Ken, uh, what's some advice you give to an upcoming family in this sport? Um, someone that's relatively new to it. I'd say realistically, try to learn some of the basics up front, rather than just try to jump in all you know head first to the you know scene stick around, do some of the local stuff. But, but I do think spending some time at some of these, you know, weekend camps and things like that and learn some of the things that you're going to, you know, form and technique that you're going to carry all the way through. Um, so you don't have a bunch of bad habits to, to try to erase three years down the road. Yeah, I think so too. Um, it's easiest to teach a kid when they're young. And, uh, I like what you said at the beginning, uh, from a parent's perspective, I think that obviously you alluded to this, that you need to learn how to do the basics on the stuff. Um, whether that's changing a tire, changing a sprocket, uh, just some basic things, but, um, yeah, thanks. Thank you guys for doing this. This is a fantastic interview and, uh, I look forward to watching you Mark in the future. Thank you. Thank you, Carter. All right, before we go into this next one, uh, Taylor had a little bit of Wi-Fi issues, so just work with us. Little issues here and there to begin with, but for the most part, we got it handled. All right, next up on the show, uh, also an Orange Brigade member just like Mark. She's a three-time Loretta Lynn's champion. Taylor Allred, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Just got back home, blew my bike up today, just spent way too much time washing dirt bikes, but that's all part of the game, oh, right? Happens. That's all. <laughs> right. That's always the fun part. <laughs> yep. But um, yeah, let's get this thing going. So the female side of the sport is kind of it's obviously a lot smaller. So maybe people don't know quite as much. Just uh, just tell us where you're from, how old you are and a little about you, a little bit about you and your family. Um, so I'm 18. I'm from Riverton. Uh, I started racing when I was about five years old. Um, I think I got my first um, AMA championship when I was about 10 years old. So once that happened, I was like, okay, let's see if we can go race the fast girls. Um, went on the East Coast, and ever since then, just been trying my hardest, you know, to get more championships. So. And, like, when I started riding, um, some girls, we had some local girls that were pretty decent, and they raced in the 50 classes, and they often beat the boys, just like I'm sure you did. Did you uh did you get any flack for it or did they all kind of accept you? Um, you know, 
like throughout my career I don't think it's ever like been an issue racing with the guys you know they always race me very well but you can tell sometimes with some of them they're like oh really like a girl just beat me but um for the most part it's really good I honestly love racing with the guys because it's you know it's a it's a harder pace which I feel like that's what makes you better and like gets you closer to making it in the sport and um kind of the same question but obviously this is a male dominant sport did you feel like an outsider at the racetrack when you're competing against these people or like your local scene did they take you in as family um I honestly feel like I fit in like I'm one of the boys as weird as that sounds but uh no everyone's super cool you know like when I show up to the track I feel like I belong there just as much as anyone else does but for you know for the most part it's always been super good just not yeah so yeah, and did you did you growing up did you participate in any other sports or was it mainly just motocross? Um, it was mainly motocross. I tried gymnastics here and there, but that was not my cup of tea. So yeah, pretty much just moto. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like if you even want to be remotely good at it, it you pretty much just have to be wide open one sport the whole time. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, especially with moto, it's it's like you know you know you've been through it it's an all-time thing like yeah, it's a full-time yeah, it's it's a it's a full-time job without it being a job exactly okay so i'm going to ask you a few questions just about the whole female side of motocross um what would you like to see the industry do to try to involve more girls to start racing i know it's kind of intimidating for people to get into the sport in general much less the young girls um i think something that would be really cool you know um is seeing so like for example the outdoor nationals if the day before you had the wmx like if that came back i think that'd be really cool um for the younger girls you know i think it's pretty i think it's pretty good for the younger girls from what i've seen they still have um i think they some races still have the 65 girls class i'm not sure if that's still there but i know loretta's you know you have the girls class and the women's class so i think it's pretty fair but i feel like once you hit you know that certain age that if you had that WMX, I feel like that'd definitely be really cool. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. I know it used to be around, man, back when I started going to the Pro National stuff, but it, it's kind of fizzled out. But it does feel like it's kind of back on the uprise to uh, to get these girls involved. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, talking to people at the races and stuff, you know, I think I think people are still pushing for that to happen, um, including me. So I'm hoping within the next couple of years, something comes out of that. Yeah, and if there's there's some fast girls like you, obviously that's just going to help raise that level, and to uh, to make it easier for these promoters to add a class for you. Oh have yeah, you, for sure. Have Have you actually introduced any of your friends or other girls to the motocross lifestyle? Um, you know, I have a few friends. You know that you know you, like an outsider from the sport they don't quite understand what racing is so yeah i've taken a few friends to the track and stuff and i'm like here do you want to ride the pit bike trying to teach them how to ride that and stuff but i think that's about it with bringing people in most most people that i talk to you know um they already race or something so i'm always there trying to give you know advice to help them get reach that other level so yeah do you i i kind of saw on your instagram a few weeks ago were you doing some training um, yeah, so I was actually out at, um, in Bakersfield, uh, Vicki Golden was hosting a ride day. So that was definitely cool. I wasn't riding yet. I had uh, knee surgery five months ago. So I'm still slowly trying to get back on the bike. But it was super cool. I think there was over like 100 women there just riding having the time of their life. So it was definitely cool to see that other side of the sport, you know, like the fun side of it. Yeah, for sure. I think that's cool that that you're trying to help 
um, grow it. I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing with this podcast, but we can all play our own role in help growing the sport because uh, obviously we think this sport is the coolest thing in the world. So uh, let's try to get more people involved. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this podcast is super cool, you know, um, seeing like the underdogs or not many mentioned names getting on here. It's definitely way cool. Yeah, that's kind of what my, my plan about it is. So we'll see. It'll keep going from there. But uh, what, what advice can you give to, I'd say, either young young kids in general um, starting out in the sport of motocross? Um, honestly, do not get discouraged because I bet anyone can agree with this. You're not going to have a good day at the track every day. Um, for me, at least, you know, I'll have a couple good days at the track. But when I hit race day, that's where I really flow. So it's honestly about kind of finding your flow and um, when you feel comfortable. For me, practice days are always a struggle, but when I race, that's it's like a whole different switch in me. So realistically, just don't get discouraged. Um, your time will come and just keep improving. You know, whether or not you're going for a championship or a top 10, just improve that each time and time with lap times, just anything you can do. Yeah, and I think that's where these people panic. I've done the training facility route a few different times. And I've showed up and got my doors blown off by a few people. But at the end of the day, this is practice. Uh, there's there's no trophies being given. Um, there's no rides being given. None of the above. Just go out and, and ride your dirt bike, right? Oh, absolutely. Yep, exactly. And I always tell people who are just starting is always keep the fun in it. Because I feel like when you find the fun in it, you know, that that's where you ride the best and your best performances come out. Yeah, I totally agree. I always tell people, obviously, we want this to go far. but if we aren't having fun, we're probably also not riding good. Exactly. So, uh, well, obviously, you said you're coming off an injury. Uh, how is that? How has that been going? And I just saw you're back on the bike recently. Yes. Yep. Um, I had ACL meniscus reconstruction five months ago. Um, so I got back on the bike this weekend, and that was super fun. It was a little frustrating, you know. I'm, I mean, you've been through it. You know, you go through yep. injury, and you come back expecting to be where you were, but. I feel like this will definitely be a tough year trying to get back to where I was, but I'm ready for it. So, Yeah, and I, I always think, obviously, those first few days, and even for me, I just came back from a year off. Those first few days are, are pretty rough, but it's going to come back a lot faster than you think it will. It's definitely, um, you know, a struggle, but I feel like that's what makes you better in the sport. Just, you know, like you're not, like just having those obstacles to overcome, just I feel like that makes you stronger in the end, so. Yeah, this this whole thing is just a roller coaster. It's just got to ride right. the wave. But uh, what does a normal <laughs> when you, when you are on the bike and when you are riding and obviously you just started back up, what does a normal week look like for you on the bike, off the bike, uh, training wise? So living in Utah, it's a little rough because there's I mean it's April right now and there's snow on the ground. But um, usually um, I only ride on the weekends. Um, a couple times during the week. Uh, during the week, um, I'll go to Vasa, um, just a gym up here. And then I also go to this other training place called TAT. Um, Coach Sandoval there is really awesome, um, helps me out. He's actually been helping me out, uh, building my quad muscle from my knee construction. Um, so basically Monday through Thursdays, just off the bike training, and then Friday through Sundays on the bike. And how far do you have to travel to go ride a bike in Utah? Um, during the summer, the closest one's probably 45 minutes, but when it's the winter here, probably about four hours. And, oh, wow, that is, that is brutal. But how long of a winter do you guys have? So how, how much time do you spend off the bike? It's so hit or miss. Um, usually the snow will come sometimes October to April, 
it really just depends. Um, I spend most of the time up in St. George. It's about, I want to say, six hours from SoCal. Um, sometimes I'll spend weeks up in Southern California. It really just depends, you know, the weather and stuff. Uh, we try and mix up different places we go to. Yeah, that is that is definitely rough. It sounds a lot like Wisconsin, but yeah, we get we get snow pretty much from October, and then there's still snow right now. So that is tough, but luckily you're able to travel travel west if you need to. This sport obviously involves a lot of travel, and you're not exactly at the best location given the amount of amateur nationals spread across the country. But you're coming back from injury right now. What are your your plans for the rest of 2022? So um, I'm definitely going to do Mammoth this year and then all the regionals. Um, last year, I missed the spot for 250A by one. So my goal is to definitely get in 250A this year. I know that'll be tough. So definitely hit all the regionals and then Loretta's and then we'll see what happens after Loretta's. Yeah, for sure. I think Loretta's is always always that main race circle on our calendar that, that everyone builds for. Luckily, you're back in time to be able to get to these races. But, um, yeah, for those that aren't familiar with you, you've been a part of the KTM Orange Brigade for a few years now, and you also got p- picked up by the Monster Army crew. How did you market yourself, and how did you get involved with these great sponsors? Um, so I had one Loretta's in, I think the first year I won it was 2016. Um, you know, and usually you send out resumes and stuff. We did the same thing, and I, each year I just kept getting more and more help. Um, the last year I won it, I want to say 2018. Um, KTM Orange Brigade reached out to my parents, and then from then, you know, I was on the team. And then I want to say I've been with Monster Army for two years now. Um, but realistically, I think um, getting with them was just showing not only winning, but um, improvements, your attitude off the bike. Um, like for me, I feel like a, your attitude is a huge part of this sport, you know, like your sportsmanship and how you act with other people. Yeah, so and how really you carry like yourself. It. Yes, exactly. So I really feel like um, just how you act and how you re- like respond to losing a race, if that makes sense. Yep. So I really feel like I got with those sponsors just by being myself, honestly. Yeah, I think it's obviously your results play a huge role in this decision process, but how you carry yourself, how you carry yourself on social media, um, how you are to the other athletes you're racing against, to the fans, I think is a big part to keeping these sponsors and to keep these people happy. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, my parents always raised me. It's like, you know, you're allowed to be upset, but there's a difference between being upset and being rude. So, I mean, this past year at Loretta's was really rough for me. I had a crash before Loretta's resulting in an AC separation in my shoulder and then later found out I had blown out my knee. So, you know, it's like you can be upset, but don't don't be rude about it. Congratulate the others, be proud of them, and just try and be proud of your performances as well. Yeah, I think that's that's what's so tough because we all strive to win. But at the same time, even coming on the podium is a major accomplishment for uh, racers all over the country. There's only a handful that are able to get to that level that you have to be proud and, and feel accomplished when those things happen. Oh, absolutely. Yep, for sure. So... You've dealt with, obviously, you've dealt with the the knee, the ACL, the meniscus, and you just said you had an AC separation. Have you been able to stay relatively healthy? Um, yes. I'm not going to lie. I have been pretty lucky through my racing career. Um, this year has actually probably been one of the worst years. So my brother broke his hip at Loretta's. 
And then right when he got released um, is when I had surgery. And then when I kind of semi got released from my knee, he had just broken his humerus at spring hitting. So it's been rough, but it's all part of it, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you do have that younger brother. His name's Jace. Uh, do you guys help each other throughout the week? Obviously, you race together. I'm not super familiar where you guys are in speed, but does it help having somebody else there riding with every day? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I haven't been able to ride with him since he's been on the 250 because I've been hurt. But when he was on Super Minis, he gave me a run for my money. It's It was so fun, though, because you have, you know, it's your little brother, but at the same time, it's like, hey, I don't want you to win. So, but oh, it's been time. so fun. I definitely think, <laughs> I definitely think he has me right now. But, you know, it's, it's definitely good to um, just have your sibling there. And we've been super close. So it's, it's fun. Yeah, that's cool. I know brother and sisters don't always get along, but I feel like both of you guys race so that you have a common ground. So that helps out. I mean, I've grown up with my brother. Obviously, we fight all the time, but at the same time, when we get to the racetrack or get to the practice track, I would say it's so nice having somebody there just to ride with. Uh, whether you're a little bit faster or a little bit slower, you always have someone to gauge off of and, and a rabbit to chase. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And especially having your sibling who watches you all the time, they can always give that advice like, OK, well, you looked better yesterday, I think, because, for example, like you're not on your toes through this corner, just stuff like that. You know, they study it and I study him. So I feel like it's, it's just good for each other. Yeah, it's all it's all team sport, whether this thing is it's truly individual. But at the end of the day, um, it, it takes an army to put one racer on the racetrack. Exactly. Yep, I couldn't agree more with that. So, if you had a crystal ball, where would you see yourself maybe three, five years down the line? Obviously, uh, you're doing the Loretta stuff right now, but you, do you want to try to make some of these pro nationals, or what is the plan for Taylor in the future? So, yeah, I actually just got my outdoor license, so I think it would oh. definitely be challenging to um, race at one of those, but I feel like it'd be such a cool opportunity. So I definitely want to try one of those. Um, it'd definitely be cool, like I said before, to see some WMXs here and there. Um, but realistically, you know, if I get to a point where, you know, I've done all the races, what's next? I feel like I'll definitely end up in the industry stuff somehow. I'm not sure how, but that's definitely the goal. Yeah, that's cool. I think that obviously it's it's different because you're on the female side of the sport, but for us guys, we're always so concerned about racing dirt bikes, making it pro, but for anybody, you got to have some sort of backup plan. And I think it's cool that you're, that you want to stay in the industry. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm getting my associate's degree right now, you know, just to have something oh, to fall back that's on. That's cool. Cause you never, you never know with this sport, but yeah, the main goal is to keep racing as long as I can. And if I hit that point where, you know, you can't really race anymore, then I definitely love to work in the industry, whether it's a team manager or working for fly or something like that. I just feel like that'd be really fun. I think that's really cool having something to fall back on. And so you're going to school right now. Um, I'm doing it through online. So, but yeah, I'm going to try and get my associate's degree and then, yeah, just to have that fall back on if I decide to do something else in the future. That's awesome. I think that's really cool. Uh, let's, let's finish this thing out. Any closing or remarks or words of wisdom you would like to give listeners and maybe some young girls that look up to you? Um, my best advice that I could give not only girls, but anyone, um, I stated it before, but you know, do not get discouraged. Um, always listen to whoever brought you into this sport. You know, I've tried 
trainers and everything, but the one person who knows me best and can always get me to that next level is my dad. So that's one of the biggest advice I can give right now is always listen to the person who put you in this sport and knows you best and do not get discouraged. Just keep on doing you and the results will come. Yep. At the end of the day, I've always been told, focus on yourself, focus on the racetrack. What's next? Yep, exactly. Nope. I was just going to say, this is a new part. I forgot to do this on the last few. Is there any people you'd like to thank before we finish this thing off? Um, definitely my whole entire family, um, the KTM Orange Brigade crew, Monster, um, Fly, just really anyone who supported me throughout these years. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you, Taylor, for doing this. I thought that you were a fantastic interview for your first one, doing it on a podcast. Probably not one of my best performances, but uh, look forward to seeing you in the future and good luck in 2022. Thank you so much. And thank you for this opportunity. Not a problem. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us here. Man, I thought those were two very good interviews. I appreciate Mark's honesty, his uh, ability to admit his wrongdoings when he wasn't ready. Uh, Man, I got arm pump. I just think that's really cool that someone that young is able to admit that. And I think it's cool that Taylor's getting an associate's degree, and I think she's in a great spot in the sport. She's obviously racing right now, and she wants to make something out of it, but she's got a fallback plan. I think that's really cool but that's gonna wrap it up for us today uh i hope to have some great guests on for the next one i'm excited for it thank you guys for listening starts feeling good we haven't practiced but we got her i love the confidence yeah we're good we're good